ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاهما بعد Given the fact that we are at the end of December, I decided to answer the standard questions that come during this time frame and I found one particular question that asked a lot of them together. And so, Bismillah, let us begin. Brother Jabir from London, he emails a series of questions, I'm going to summarize them. Uh, he is a business owner and he says that uh, during this time frame of obviously the Christmas holidays, he offers bargains because it is a good time to sell merchandise and he himself purchases um, goods on discount uh, because obviously of the holiday season. So he wonders firstly that is this something that is permissible? And then he says that uh, he's the employer, his employees carry out activities such as gift exchanging during this time frame and since of course he is uh, the boss not only does he allow it to happen because every other corporation is doing that but he also participates in it as well and then he asks the standard question which I have done before and I'll simply rehash a little bit uh, now which is about greetings and what is appropriate uh, during this time frame and then lastly which I found uh, tickling a little bit interesting inshallah he asks that uh, is it okay for Muslims to look forward to and anticipate this season despite the fact that it is related to a Christian festival because they are looking forward to vacation time and spending time with family. So this is a bunch of questions all put together and I decided to basically uh, tackle this one and uh, shed some light on this issue. Uh, even though FYI, if you log on to my channel, which you, inshallah you're on right now, uh, you will find uh, a number of questions pertinent to this topic and have gone over quite a lot of them in some uh, detail. Nonetheless, uh, there's benefit in rehashing and restating and reformulating and uh, bringing uh, other evidences uh, because really every single year during this time frame. Uh, we have the same back and forths and the same Facebook pages going back and forth about this sheikh said this and this sheikh said that and uh, you know WhatsApp messages being uh, you know sent around and it is quite clear to all of those who are already involved in Islamic knowledge that there are two main camps within the scholarly community and just like with every other uh, you know major issue of controversy every single season we get the same recycling of uh, this sheikh and that sheikh and a bit of a harshness on all sides and whatnot and each camp has its evidences and each camp is basing its ruling on sound usul or principles. Now one of the primary goals of my entire Q&A series and I have been very explicit about this from the beginning is to teach tolerance as much as possible and to educate Muslims about how and why there's a diversity of opinion and even as I personally choose and endorse a particular position uh, as much as possible I want to give credit and respect to other positions as much as possible and again what is the line of possibility and what is the line of crossing this is going to be subjective and it will vary from person to person and I have given my views very clearly on a multitude of issues and so in this particular issue of the level of quote-unquote participation 
and of the phrases that one can use to signify uh, celebration and of what may and what may not be done uh, uh, during this time frame, uh, I want to just lay out some foundational premises and then explain why each group is coming to this uh, situation the way that it is. And I will state from the very beginning that I am highly sympathetic to both paradigms. And I say this genuinely and sincerely, and I see where each one is coming from, and I respect the scholars of both sides, and I view this as being a legitimate difference of opinion. And the rule of thumb, brothers and sisters, the rule of thumb by which a lay Muslim should look at this entire or any controversy is quite simple. And this is the rule of thumb, it is not an academic rule. It is not a rule that scholars use, not at all. It is not a rule that uh, a mujtahid should use. But the average lay person is you simply look at the names on both sides, as simple as that. This is what the lay person does. I am not an expert in medicine, so if I need to get a fatwa or a, a, a verdict on medicine, I look at the most celebrated doctors in the field and I follow their advice because they have gained reputation from within their paradigm. And if I find that groups of respected doctors have differences of opinion, then I am inshallah ta'ala intelligent enough to recognize that this difference of opinion is a legitimate one within the doctor, within the professional community of medical practitioners. If this is the case for medicine, then even more so we should apply this a priori, we should apply this to our scholarly tradition. Simply look at who is saying it and look at their credentials, look at both the quantity and the quality. And again, please don't misquote me in this regard. Quantity and quality does not indicate correctness and I've never said this. It is possible the stronger opinion might be in my eyes, the minority opinion. However, when you have large quantities of mainstream ulama on both sides, there is no doubt that the least that can be said is that this is a legitimate difference of opinion and that we should respect and tolerate both opinions even as obviously we must endorse one of them in the end of the day. So to begin answering these questions and in the course of my answering, we will talk about their foundational premises. Our brother begins by asking about offering merchandise for sale or purchasing merchandise on sale because of the season. Now notice, what is the problem here? What is the problem in our brother's mind? Our brother is thinking that if I offer a discount during this time frame, and by somehow tacitly supporting a theological belief that I should not support. Or if I take advantage of discounts that the stores around me are offering and I stock up on merchandise, or even if I myself purchase goods for my family and there are discounts going on, am I somehow participating? And of course it is very healthy to be cautious, but at the same time, uh, when you go too uh, uh, much, uh, when you become too much cautious, you start bordering on a hyper uh, sense of, of self-vigilance, which might actually compound and make things difficult. There should be absolutely no sin in uh, selling merchandise of a generic nature or purchasing merchandise of a generic nature during this season, simply because everybody else is doing it. The reason why you are selling it for discount is not to endorse the festival. There is no theology involved. It is sheer market capitalism. Everybody's spending money, everybody's going shopping, so you want to offer that which is going to be beneficial to you financially. And the same when you purchase things as well. And this is something that a number of scholars of Tame and others have said, there's no problem in you purchasing on the days of their uh, festivals. However, there must be one clear caveat, and that is that you are not allowed to sell icons 
whose sole purpose or function is ritualistic or theological. That much we can all agree upon. You should not sell anything that contradicts uh, our understanding of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So no Muslim should sell a statue that should be venerated, that, that uh, the goal is to be venerated uh, or worshipped or an icon like a crucifix whose goal is to protect from evil or whatnot. No, we do not do this because Allah says in the Quran, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ Help one another in piety and good and do not help one another in evil and transgression. So no Muslim is allowed to sell that which is intrinsically haram. If it is intrinsically halal and it can be used for halal and haram, it's not your business. You sell white cloth, then somebody wants to make the garment of a priest out of that white cloth. You did not sell a crucifix. You did not sell a statue of Mary that might be worshipped besides Allah. You sold a generic white cloth. If somebody does what they do, that's not your business. But you cannot sell that which is intrinsically linked to the worship of other than Allah and this includes icons and this includes uh, ritualistic symbols that are inherently and necessarily associated with other faith traditions. The Muslim does not profit off of uh, the worship of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, you may sell any other item, shirts or pants or you know uh, household items, whatever it might be, people are shopping more in this season and you offering merchandise on discount is not because you're venerating uh, the season, it's because you're taking advantage of market capitalism. So, there is no harm in doing this. Uh, the, you also ask about the whole issue of exchanging uh, gifts during this season. And again, this whole issue goes back to uh, the, 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 the controversy between these two camps really goes back to the simple question, if something originates in a pagan practice, but then over the course of time, it loses that element of paganism, does it still retain the verdict of paganism despite the fact that it has lost the intrinsic understanding of paganism within it. So many groups of scholars, and in particular, uh, those who view themselves as following Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim, and uh, they call themselves following the Salaf, generally speaking, this group uh, has been very strict in this regard, and they have held the view that something originating in paganism shall by and large maintain its paganistic uh, attachment, even if society and culture has lost that paganistic attachment. And the other group of scholars, and this is generally speaking, uh, the, the, the scholars of many of the other madhahib, the Shafi'i school in particular of our times, and many of the uh, Hanafis, even though within the Hanafis there are two camps in this regard, but many of the Hanafis as well in this regard, uh, and the Malikis as well, many of the, the leading thinkers of the modern Maliki schools as well, that they are looking at the fact that the origin of something does not play a role in its current status, as long as its current status has been delinked from the origin. And of course, in the lives that we live and in the culture that we live in, uh, the fact of the matter is that this second opinion is how we ourselves live our daily lives. And there are many, many 
uh, routine uh, aspects of our mundane lives that have originated in paganism and paganistic rituals and veneration, and we do not even give them a second uh, look. And the most obvious example, you're talking about festivals and you're talking about venerating time frames, every single name of the week that we use in the English language and every single name of the month has its origin in paganism. Sunday was meant to venerate the sun, Monday was me meant to venerate the moon, Wednesday was meant to venerate you know, o Odin, uh, so th Thursday, the god of Thor, Thor, Thursday. Every single day of the week uh, was meant uh, to venerate one of the gods and the same goes for uh, the months of the, the year, June and July and all of them, either, a, an, either an emperor or a god was meant to venerate one of their Roman gods. We use these names, we say Friday all the time, Sunday all the time, and nobody understands when I say Sunday that I am venerating the sun and that it is meant to be a day of veneration and worship of the sun. Even though when the name was coined, there was that connotation. When I say, you know, uh, June or July, nobody associates the Roman gods with these months anymore and it has lost its uh, connection. And the same goes for many other aspects of our cultures and rituals as well. So this is where again this issue of tension comes. So the question now is that a, a, a festival like Christmas, as we're all aware, in America and England in particular, I'm not speaking of countries that I have not visited and I'm not aware of, in America and England in particular, it is well known and nobody can deny this, that the festival of Christmas is heading towards a completely secular commercialized festival in which it would be something like the 4th of July uh, or, or something like you know um, uh, any other festival that takes place that has nothing to do with religion, Thanksgiving let us say, uh, that it is not really religious per se and that various cultures celebrate it. So it is heading in that direction. Has it arrived at that destination? Clearly not, because many millions of people are still celebrating Christmas from a religious perspective. So it is that gray area, and there's no doubt to be cautious in the gray area is better. However, aspects of this gray area are more clear than others, and the fatwa changes from person to time to place to individual, and the fatwa for the convert cannot be the same for the fatwa for the born Muslim. For the convert, for example, to be a little bit more in visiting his or her family is not the same as a Muslim whose whole family is Muslim importing the rituals and festivals into their household. That's not the same over here. So here we have an employer wanting to ask what should be done about his employees coming together and having this gift exchange. And of course, we are all aware, we have all those of us who have worked in corporate culture, and I too have worked in corporate culture a long, long time ago, we're all aware that this gift exchange is just a nominal show of camaraderie. It is meant to indicate an office uh, uh, helpfulness, you, a budget is assigned $10, a very modest amount, $20, and we are told not to spend more than this. And generally speaking, I speak uh, in the American and most European context, I cannot speak of every single European context, generally speaking, these festivities of exchanging gifts have absolutely nothing to do with rituals, with the worship of other than Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, if a person allows the employees to do this, or even if you are an employer yourself or employee, and you are also participating as a part of this, 
The point is there is no veneration of other than Allah. There is no ritual that is performed. No doubt if you are all Muslims in a Muslim corporation, why would you do this? No doubt about that. And I have no problem saying, leave that which is doubtful for that which is not doubtful. However, when you have uh, a culture in a land and country where everybody is doing this, then you ask yourself, does it, is it something that is required by the Sharia to put a stop and a halt? Is this, for example, like gambling or like drinking alcohol? If a person believes that it is, and some Muslims do, then I understand they will ban it. You're asking me, I will say a generic exchange of uh, gifts in which no ritual is done and no ibadah to other than Allah is done and no endorsement of another belief is done and no paganistic ritual um, uh, icon is there, then it is uh, upon its default, which is that it is something that is permissible. And uh, the, the, the issue of uh, uh, quote unquote allowing your employer employees to exchange gifts or whatnot, there is nothing wrong with exchanging gifts per se. And if the gifts are exchanged on the day of festivals, it is authentically narrated a number of tabi'un, taba tabi'un, when they lived in non-Muslim lands, they would be gifted generic gifts on the day of, of, of holy festivals and uh, they would not have a problem uh, with this. And uh, we are also told that forget just gifting, uh, our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is authentically um, uh, mentioned in the books of Sirah that he allowed the Christians of Najran to even uh, offer their Sunday prayers uh, in his masjid. Now this narration has raised a lot of eyebrows amongst again this particular group uh, based upon their theological premises and they consider this to be uh, not a correct uh, narration etc etc. Fact of the matter is that this narration is found in Ibn Ishaq and it is reported by a grandson of Abdullah ibn Zubayr. It is true that there's a missing link. The grandson of Abdullah ibn Zubayr did not see the Prophet do this, but the bulk of Sirah is reported in this manner. And for this group to problematize, you know, this one narration because it go, goes against their uh, understanding of theology, uh, again, it is putting the cart before the horse, as they say. This narration is found in multiple sources, uh, including uh, the tafsir of Thalabi and in other books as well with different chains. But it is true, these chains, they stop before the Sahaba. There was no eyewitness. But as anybody who studies the Sirah is well aware, the bulk of episodes of the Sirah are mentioned in this manner. And the fact that this narration occurs and nobody problematized it, it's well known. It's in Ibn Ishaq, which is the earliest and most authoritative book in the Sirah. And it's mentioned there in passing and life goes on. The fact that these narrations were never problematized until a group comes along claiming that it is following the earlier scholars. Really one wonders who is following whom over here when this narration was never problematized until our times. Nonetheless, the point being that uh, in and of itself, the exchange of gifts is something that is uh, inherently permissible. And if it is done devoid of any rituals and devoid of any worship of other than Allah, then this would be considered uh, permissible. Nonetheless, I maintain what I say, which is that nobody should institute this uh, in, or, in order to uh, be in accordance with this festival season if they are all in a Muslim uh, society or framework because there's no need to do that. I'm asking or I'm talking about a scenario where your employees have done this on their own accord and they are participating in this regard because everybody around them and their cousin and their families and their colleagues and other corporations are doing this. So they feel left out if they don't do this. So then in this case, I understand. No doubt though, the, the safer one is because this is a gray area. 
it is not haram, it is a gray area. And the purer one is, then the better uh, is the case. And there's no doubt in saying this. Of course, the, uh, the brother also asks, I did not quote him in this, but he asks the standard question, which is, always asked during this time frame, And for the last, I think, 10 years or so, uh, as long as I've been on Facebook and Twitter, every single year, the same fatawa are quoted back and forth. The same harshness goes back and forth. And SubhanAllah, we need to move beyond this and understand there are two mainstream positions, live and let live. I am not asking you to give up your opinion, whatever it might be. I am asking you to tone down your language and rhetoric about the other opinion and to respect scholars far greater than you and give them at least the husna dhan that they have the right to hold an opinion even if you disagree. Beware dear Muslim, even if you feel the other opinion is wrong and you think it is something that uh, uh, is not correct, beware your arrogance might be a bigger sin in the eyes of Allah than a mistaken fatwa that people follow. Your presumption that you and only you are upon the truth and the other side is upon batil wanting to appease the kuffar or something, that arrogance is a bigger crime than a mistaken fatwa per se. So the question now, the second or the, the, the fourth, I think part of this question is the ruling on uh, greeting uh, people on this day and what exactly may be said to them. And can you wish them a happy holiday or a Merry Christmas or something of this nature? And again, we are all aware for those who are involved in this of the various fatawa. Uh, usually Ibn al-Qayyim is typically quoted here. Ibn al-Qayyim has a very uh, stark and frank passage in which he says that as for congratulating uh, the kuffar on their celebrations, then this is haram by unanimous consensus. This is what Ibn al-Qayyim writes. And uh, it is not allowed to congratulate them. Uh, and anybody who does so uh, it ha is basically committing a sin. And it is worse than congratulating them for drinking alcohol or congratulating them for uh, uh, murdering somebody, congratulating them for this is worse than congratulating them for uh, murder. Not like um, some person without much knowledge, he basically said to say Merry Christmas is worse than murder. No, Ibn al-Qayyim never said this. This is completely, it shows uh, the lack of fiqh and, and perhaps Arabic of this person. Uh, Ibn al-Qayyim never said this. He said that to congratulate them uh, for this celebration is worse than congratulating them for a sin. And this is because the sin of shirk is worse than the sin, any other type of sin. So that was Ibn al-Qayyim's uh, paradigm. And of course, the reason why Ibn al-Qayyim would say this is very clear, because the Quran is very clear in this regard, that Those who say that God is Christ, the son of Mary, have committed kufr. And Allah says, those who say that God is one in a trinity have committed kufr. And the Quran mentions that the earth is going to crumble and the sky is going to shake and fall uh, out of trepidation for those who say that Allah Azza wa has taken a son. So we understand that to claim that Allah has a child is indeed a'udhu billah, a'udhu billah, kufr. And we should not endorse this claim. And we should not congratulate people for saying this. And we should not um, uh, feel happy that other people are saying this. So there's no question that Ibn al-Qayyim's fatwa is coming from a sound principle and paradigm. So then how could anybody disagree with this? Well, if you look at the other side, Frankly, it is not that they disagree with the foundational premises, because here's the key point. They don't disagree that 
thanking somebody for saying that Allah has a son is wrong. They don't disagree that being happy that a group claims that Allah is a trinity is a sin and it is a type of pleasing uh, 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 pleasure that one feels for kufr, which is perhaps a stepping stone, if not a kufr itself. So the point being that the other group does not claim that it is okay to endorse kufr. The other group says, does a particular wording that you are saying indicate theological approval of the other group or not. This is what the uh, controversy is over. One of the great scholars uh, who permit uh, generic greetings on this day, Dr. Hatim Al-Awni, uh, somebody who I've had the great pleasure of meeting and interacting with a number of times, he has a whole article on this. And he says that the basic premise uh, when it comes to congratulating and greeting other people, Muslim and non-Muslim, is that it is permissible unless it is done to indicate happiness at their theology, okay? And to be content at their belief, which is not the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if your congratulations gives an indication of your approval, then it is haram. Otherwise, if there is no indication of approval, then it remains permissible, al-jawaz, end quote over here. And Dr. Hatim al-Awni claims that Ibn al-Qayyim uh, claimed there to be unanimous consensus, but in reality, this is a claim and there has never been unanimous consensus and there have always been dissenting voices. And the notion of looking at the niyyah and the notion of trying to contextualize what this word or phrase means and why it's being done, that notion is found even in our greatest early scholars, some of the great scholars of medieval Islam, Imam al-Zahabi who died 748 Hijrah and actually a student of Ibn Taymiyyah, Imam al-Zahabi says that uh, imitating the Ahl al-Dhimma in their celebrations like the Nowruz and uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the Holy uh, Thursday of the Christian, uh, he said this is an evil innovation and if a Muslim does this uh, thinking that it is good, then he must be an ignoramus and he should be reprimanded and he should be taught. And if he does this loving this, then uh, and, and genuinely wanting to celebrate, then this is madhmum, this is strongly prohibited. However, if a person does this out of habit and out of uh, a pleasure and custom and out of wanting to please his children, then this we mahallu nadar. It requires some looking into in detail and indeed actions are judged by intentions. And the one who does this out of ignorance is excused and he should be taught with gentleness and Allah knows best, end quote. Notice, in a land of Islam, when Muslims are a majority and Muslims are occupying the place of izzah and strength, Ibn uh, uh, al-Zahabi says, if a Muslim takes on some of the you know celebratory festivals and customs simply to be with this, the, the flow of the people and uh, as an ada, as a custom. He didn't intend worshiping other than Allah Azza wa Jal. He wanted to make his children happy. If he does this in Darul Islam, Al-Zahabi says, هذا محل نظر. This we need to look at in more 
detail. And if he is truly ignorant, he should. He, so by the way, I'm not saying Al-Dhahabi says it's okay. I'm saying Al-Dhahabi says, look at his niyyah. And if his niyyah is not ta'zim, and if his niyyah is not wanting to celebrate for the sake of their religion, then be gentle and teach him. Now, what if we are a minority situation? And what if we are not doing this for our children? We're doing this for our employment. We're doing this because it is the culture of the land. And what if there is no longer this notion of this ritual being linked to this theology? What if the, the, the festival has become watered down so much that the theology has been taken away? So you see, what I'm trying to point out here, Imam al-Dhahabi is clearly saying, look at the context and look at the niyyah. And even in Darul Islam, in a khilafa under the Mamluks in Baghdad and Damascus. If a majority Muslim population, we find a family takes on some of the things uh, of the Christian festivals in order to be with the flow and for his children, he goes, look into it deeply. And really, if he doesn't know any better, teach him with gentleness. So this is what he is saying in a Muslim majority land. And what the other group is saying, which has a long list of scholars, they're basically extrapolating on this point and they're saying, aha, look, the point is he understood that the action in and of itself is not kufr. It depends on the context. And that's what the other group is saying. Another great Shafi'i scholar, uh, Al-Bulqini, who died 805 uh, Hijrah, that uh, if a Muslim congratulates a non-Muslim on their religion and he says, Eid Mubarak, on their day of Eid, is this kufr? And he says, if a Muslim says this in order to uh, wanting to venerate their religion and wanting to venerate their holy day, then this is indeed kufr. And if he does not do so with that intention, and he simply says it with his tongue, then he will not be considered to have committed kufr because he didn't do so wanting to venerate the uh, the day. So this is Al-Bulqini saying this. And once again, I am not claiming that Bulqini is saying it's ja'iz and halal. I'm claiming that great scholars said, look at the context and look at the niyyah. Was he simply saying this uh, to be kind and polite? In ninth century hijrah, Al-Bulqini in a Muslim majority land is saying, if he does this without that intention, then it will not be considered kufr. So what if the wording no longer has any intention of evil? What if he's simply doing this to be polite? This is where the other group is saying, and therefore you do have a large number of scholars and of fatawa councils in our times disagreeing with Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim, and they are saying that the verdict of Ibn al-Qayyim, uh, firstly itself can be contested, but secondly, it might be valid for its time and place. But to cut and paste that fatwa and to apply it unconditionally in our modern context uh, really seems to be inappropriate. And this is the key point here. None of these scholars are saying that it is permissible to congratulate kufr. None of them are saying this. The point is they're saying these wordings of generic greetings do not constitute an endorsement of kufr. And when a person says happy holidays or whatever they might say, even some of them said the word Merry Christmas in this regard, the question arises, does the other person understand a theological endorsement? Is that the niyyah of the one who says? And is that the mafhum or understanding of the one who listens to? Both of these need to be looked at because even if the niyyah is not there, but culture understands it as a theological endorsement, it will still be haram. I repeat, niyyah is important. And niyyah is what will decide whether it is shirk or not, kufr or, uh, or not. But even if the niyyah 
is, is, is correct. And culture understands that a certain phrase is an endorsement of a wrong theology, then it will still be haram. Because we understand we cannot endorse a false theology. So the question therefore goes back to the foundational premise. When you wish somebody uh, these types of, of greetings, is there a tacit endorsement of the other's theology? Is there the claim that I know you believe that God has a son and I'm happy you believe that God has a son? Is it that endorsement? Because if it is, there is no question that it is haram and it is a type of congratulations of kufr and shirk and we do not congratulate people for uh, disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or is this a generic greeting such as, you know, pretty much all the scholars say, you may, you may make a generic dua for a non-Muslim. May Allah bless you, may God bless you. You may say this to a non-Muslim. May God give you a good life. You may say this to a non-Muslim. Nothing wrong with that. So what if you say, you know, may, may today be a blessed day for you? Of course you can. So what if that today is the holiday, that may today be a good day for you? You know, be happy on this day, which is what Mary means. Mary means be happy on this day. Can you make a dua for a non-Muslim that, may you find happiness on this day? If you can, then what if that day happens to be the day of their festival? Is it understood that you are giving a theological endorsement to their kufr? If the answer to this question is yes, then do not give such an endorsement and be quiet. And if the answer is of course not, that's just a generic phrase and nobody understands it, then you may say this phrase. And this is the position of many modern scholars. I mean, I have a list of at least a dozen. I mean, Sheikh Muhammad Rashid of the last century, uh, Dr. Ahmed al-Sharbasi, Sheikh Muhammad Mustafa uh, Zarqa, very famous alim, Sheikh Muhammad Saeed Ramadan al-Bulti, the great scholar of uh, uh, Syria, the Mufti of Syria, Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayya, Sheikh Yusuf al-Qardawi, Sheikh Muhammad al-Dasuqi, uh, Sheikh Hatem al-Awni in Mecca, we talked about him. Uh, Dr. Mustafa Al-Nadwi from India, Sheikh Ikrim Al-Sabri, a great alim well-known in the world today, uh, Dr. Muhammad Bakaram, and on and on, the European Fiqh Council, uh, so many uh, uh, other scholars, uh, the, uh, the the council in, in Indonesia as well has a fatwa on this, sorry, Malaysia, sorry, as well has a fatwa on this, and a number of various uh, 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 scholars of repute have said that it is permissible if the intention is not to venerate the, the incorrect theology and the wording is such that it does not give an endorsement of such a theology. So the reality is that there are two opinions on this issue when it comes to uh, congratulations and when it comes to saying such wordings and each has good foundations and principles. And frankly, it is a gray area. So no doubt whoever avoids it has avoided the doubtful. What is something that all sides should avoid is arrogance. And this means that neither side should look down on the other side. And that each side should give a modicum of respect even as they disagree. So those who say that celebrating, uh, uh, sorry not celebrating, those who say that congratulating others on this day should not be done, they are not fundamentalist fanatics wanting to go back a thousand years. They have sound theological reasonings and we should respect and admire that they want to make, make Islam, keep Islam pristine and pure. On the other hand, those who say that it is permissible to do so because the connotations that might have existed a thousand years ago are no longer there. They are not sellouts wanting to appease the kuffar, selling down or watering down their religion, you know, rand scholars, whatever the quotes might be. No, look at these lists that I have just given you. 
for you to claim that all of these scholars have lost the plot and don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't follow Tawheed, wallahi, that is a bigger problem in your heart than the fatwa itself. For you to claim that this vast group of scholars does not understand the kalima and is endorsing shirk and kufr is a problem on you. And it really shows a lack of understanding of what you under, uh, uh, understand the, sh the, the, the sharia to be. This is a legitimate difference of opinion. And both sides of the scholarship here love Allah and His Messenger and want to practice Tawheed and want to worship none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and each has a correct paradigm that it is coming from. So the bottom line when it comes to returning such greetings and saying such greetings is that really my position, ask yourselves, does the culture you live in and does your own niyyah when you say these phrases make a person understand when you say these things these phrases, that you are approving and endorsing theological beliefs? If the answer to that is yes, then you cannot say these phrases. And if the answer to that is no, then you may say these phrases. And if the answer is, I don't know, maybe, then it is best to avoid. This is my answer about uh, phrases that are uh, uh, potentially in, uh, you know, problematic in this regard. As for phrases that are not problematic, such as may God bless you, this may be said at any time. We want Allah to bless people with Hidayah, with Islam, with Iman. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Nothing wrong with a generic dua. So the problematic phrase is to mention their Eid by name and to wish them a happy Christmas or a Merry Christmas. This is where these two groups will arise and it goes back to how you understand what it means when you say and you wish uh, this uh, upon them. And as I said, both opinions have uh, proper foundation and usul. Uh, the final uh, tangent or the final question that our brother asked, which I found very interesting. First time I've been asked this. Uh, and by the way, for the record, I personally avoid saying uh, those phrases simply because there's such a huge controversy. Uh, and I simply say, you know, when, when it is said to me, I say, may God bless you, uh, may you have a good day, you know, uh, something generic of this nature. This is my personal practice. As for my opinion, it really goes back to what the culture understands and I think it is self-evident. Anybody who actually lives in corporate culture and has born and raised in America, which I think with utmost respect, there is a marked difference uh, between uh, those who born and raised here and those who are not uh, in terms of understanding what these phrases mean. So I, I think it is self-evident technically which one is the stronger one, but still just to avoid uh, that gray area, I do not uh, go down that path. The final question that he has is that may we look forward to this time frame and be excited about it, not because of the festival, but because of the vacation. And I say, actions are judged by intentions. It is authentically narrated that the grandfather of Abu Hanifa, uh, when he was not a Muslim at the time, the grandfather of Abu Hanifa was a Parsi, was a Zoroastrian. Uh, he gifted Ali ibn Abi Talib a faludaj, a nice sweet gift that we still know in India, Pakistan, faludaj. And he said, this is the day of our festival. And he gifted uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib, that's the Khalifa, the faludaj. And so, Ali ibn Abi Talib loved this and he liked it and he said, I wish you had this every day so you would gift us a faludaj every single day. He was excited and happy to be gifted the faludaj on their holy day. Not because of the holy day, but because of the faludaj. And so if we are happy and excited that we will have extra time with our family and friends, we'll have vacation, we'll be able to do something you know, with the community, then you are happy for that reason. There's nothing wrong with that happiness. Don't make Islam so strict 
that anything to do with anything becomes haram and bid'ah and kufr. Alhamdulillah, Islam is easy. وَمَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مَنْ حَرَجٍ يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Allah wants to make things easy for you. Worship Allah Azza alone. Never ever do something that is intending to direct an act of worship to other than Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Do not endorse explicitly a theology of kufr and be nice and kind to all people, Muslim and non-Muslim. This is in a nutshell, the response that I have for this question. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala bless all of us to that which is good. And until next time, Jazakumullah Khair. Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh. وَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْدُودَاتٍ فَمَنْ تَعَجَّلَ فِي يَوْمَيْنِ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ وَمَنْ تَأَخَّرَ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ لِمَنِ اتَّقَى وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ